0: And the Multifamily Legacy Podcast will show you how.
1: Hey everybody, welcome to the Multifamily Legacy Podcast. I'm your host, Corey Peterson. And today we've got another just great guest. We are coming off of our five week back, the basic series. And I am now back into some interviewing some amazing guests. And and you're going to want to pay attention to this guest in particular, because we're going to talk something um kind of on the side of multifamily. Um, It's a little bit different, but uh, dude, I'm greatly intrigued by it right now. So uh, my next guest is Paul Moore. And Paul's got a really interesting story. Um, You know, he did a little stint at Ford Motor Company. Uh, He then co-founded a staffing firm where he was a finalist for the Michigan Entrepreneur of the Year, two years straight. Um, And then he actually sold that staffing firm to a publicly uh, traded company. So in other words, Paul got paid. He now is um, co-managed and and very many successful multifamily developments. He co-hosts two podcasts, including The Art of Investing and How to Lose Money. They're great podcasts. I highly recommend them. Yeah, Paul is actually part of Bigger Pockets. I mean, he's just—he's a great guy. He has a great story. He's been in the money game for a while. He understands the business, and he's going to share a lot of insight on what he's doing now. And I think it's vitally important to listen because he's going to give some clues on where to find the money. Where where's the bacon at? Okay. Um, before we get to that, though. First of all, I love it when you guys take the time to go to iTunes. I'm not going to give any iTunes reviews now. Even though you guys have been doing it, I mean, I keep getting reviews. And I'm just blessed. And I just want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. Um, But I really want to tell you about what's coming up is that's our Apartments to Millions Summit. And I'm just, if you are looking to grow and thrive in the multifamily space, if you need partners, if you need money, if you need deals... All that is gonna be created at the summit. I've got a lineup of tremendous speakers, and also, I've got really like some great vendors that are gonna help move you. In other words, that are gonna give you the stuff, show you how to get on TV, how to create, you know, write a book, how to get a successful podcast. Those are things that you're gonna want to add to your quiver, and we're bringing these people, why? Because these are people that I've personally used to grow my brand, to grow my vision, and to just grow the business. You guys are want you're going to want to take advantage of all this stuff that we have to offer. Uh, so go. how do you get it? You go to A2MLive.com, A2MLive.com, or you can simply uh, text A, the number 2M, to 480-500-1127. So listen, Paul is going to share some great things, but first a word from our sponsors.
0: Get started in multifamily real estate investing. Join our virtual Apartments to Millions Summit, where we will teach you how to get started in multifamily real estate investing. Text A2M, the number 2M to 480-500-1127. Learn how to create cash flow and not quick profits.
1: All right, guys, listen, if I can get a little drum roll, we're gonna put our hands together to Paul Moore. Paul, man, welcome to the show, brother. It's great to be here, Corey. How are you, man? <laughs> Doing wonderful. So we were talking before this that we put this thing on, and uh, you know, first of all, I want to congratulate you on your success. It's really neat to see someone that's just real. Even though you've had so uh, a great success record, you're just you put your pants on like everybody else, and I love that about you.
2: Yeah, well, I've had lots of setbacks. I mean, hey, I got a podcast called "How to Lose Money." I think you were a guest, if I'm not mistaken, and uh, we uh, we talk about failure, and uh, we've certainly had a lot of that too. Yeah, it's it, you know, and that is the prerequisite,
1: I think, to get success is you've got to be willing to fail a lot. Um, you know, we were talking about the other white meat, and I'll let you cue this up because I think this is this is what we're going to talk about. But I'm going to let you say it because you did it so well. <laughs>
2: Yeah, well when I was a a kid, I guess my late 20s, they started this commercial thing, the pork industry. You know, pork is the other white meat. And I don't know if I ever believed that, but now I'm promoting mobile home parks. It's the other multifamily. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> Drop
1: the <laughs> mic right there. Yeah, man. <laughs> You know, there's there's more ways to yuma than you'll ever know, okay, for everybody listening right. right now. And uh and you know, mobile home parks, uh lots of different ways to make money in the game right now. And so let's talk about that. Open it up and why you think it is the other the, the way to Nirvana right now.
2: Well, here's the thing. So I've been doing multifamily for years. And you know, I started I don't and I'm being real here. I do not have as good of a system as you, Corey Peterson. I do not have the acquisition team you do. And we were beating our head up against the wall, talking to brokers, trying to get on-market deals. We'd occasionally hear about an off-market deal that you know didn't really work or whatever, but I was tired of beating my head up against the wall. And so we decided to look into mobile home parks and self-storage and we were shocked But, you know, there are 45,000 or so mobile home parks in the U.S., and roughly 40,000 of them are owned by mom and pops. Now, these mom and pop owners are great people often, but they're getting really old, and they're ready to sell, and cap rates are so compressed they had no idea they'd ever make this much money from their park. But these people generally don't have the resources or the desire or the knowledge to maximize the income at these parks and therefore maximize value. So we can often find that we can acquire a mobile home park, pay them more money than they ever dreamed, but then perhaps double or triple the value of the equity in a relatively short time by you know, upgrading and by forcing appreciation. So I love mobile home parks. You just hit it—the nail on the
1: head, right there. It's because you're dealing with the owner directly. It is a mom and yeah. pop's game, isn't it?
2: Yes, it really and, is. Because
1: that opens up so many different ev- avenues. Of uh, do you get creative with your financing and your structures?
2: Well, yeah, you know. So the mobile home park operators we work with. So i i am my company's Wellings uh, Capital and I started to say the Wellings Income Fund, that's the fund name that we have. And we we invest in the very best operators we can find, people who already have the asset managers, the property managers, the team in place, the acquisition guys. And so what they do is they're often finding that these mobile home park operators remember what it was like in the 70s and 80s and 90s when they couldn't get bank financing and they assume they have to offer owner financing. They've already been thinking that for years. So, when they, uh, you know, when one of our operators makes an offer, sometimes they'll say, Sure, and I'll owner finance it. And so, that is part of the creative financing that makes this even better. Wow.
1: Yeah. That, because you're, when you're dealing with those people, they may not want to have all
2: that money right away because they're going to yeah. have a taxable event, right? Yeah, and that's what we, we talk to them about: monetized installment sales and things like that. In that case, so sure.
1: how do you really get in and improve these assets? So, what is it that you're buying? So, set it up for us visually, if you can. Because when I think of a mobile home park, I just think of a bunch of trailers in a spot, and um, like that doesn't sound sexy. Oh. No. But uh, you know, this is not my space. So now, take me to school here, Paul.
2: So. Corey, when I thought about multifamily, you know, I wrote a book on multifamily in 2016 called The Perfect Investment, (laughs) humble title. And we talked about value add a lot. We talked about improving the granite countertops. I mean, adding granite or, you know, uh, upgrading the cabinets and the paint and the fixtures and the lighting and the carpet. But you know what? I never dreamed mobile home parks could have something like that, especially when I thought about, you know, the mobile homes I pictured growing up. And then I found out furthermore that mobile home parks, the best operators, didn't even own the trailers. They just owned the land. So how can you upgrade that? Okay. So I imagine adding a pool. Well, that doesn't add a lot of value. I mean, it's nice amenity. Uh, I imagine paving the roads and doing maintenance and maybe upgrading the clubhouse or adding a gym or a dog park. But as you know, Corey, those things, while they're nice, they don't drive a whole lot of revenue. I was shocked to find out what revenue driving opportunities there were. I'm gonna start with an example. So on February 20th last year, we were in Louisville, Kentucky, and actually, we were doing due diligence in January in Louisville, but we closed on a mobile home park for $7.1 million. Now, keep this in mind, the equity was about half, 50% leverage, 50% equity. Um, and this park, uh, $3.5 million in equity, in other words, this park had not even been visited by the owner in at least five years okay the guy who ran it passed away three states away in georgia and the owner's wife had not visited in five years or more it was surprisingly well run considering that but there were 50 vacant spots they had apparently not raised rent in years and because it was 25 to 35 percent below market rents and the utilities were still being paid by the owner on 311 total lots and so we saw a lot of opportunities for upgrade. Now, Corey, imagine this. We closed at 7.1 million February 20th. By February 26th, had an offer in hand of nine and a half million from somebody else who heard about it. And I'm thinking, okay, that's a 60 or 65% increase in the value of the equity in a week, take it. The operator, my, our par- partner we invested with, turned it down hands down. He said, "No way." He said, "I can make so many more improvements than that in a short time," and he went to work. First of all, he passed the utilities back to the tenants. Now, you may think, "Well, those tenants could be mad and go somewhere else." Well, everybody else was already charging back utilities, so that was not an option for these people. So that was a hundred, hundred fifty thousand a year in adding, you know, adding to the net operating income. Oh. Well, adding 150000 a year to the NOI divided by a 6% cap rate is, what's that, two, two and a half million dollar increase in value of the park. And so he already got immediately, or quickly at least, back to that number the guy offered him. Second, <laughs> he raised rents. And he didn't raise rents a whole lot because, you know, you're not going to raise rents 35% to get up to market immediately, but he raised rents some. And then, third, he started working on getting some new mobile homes in the park. Now, this is where uh, mom and pop operators really fail. A great operator can go out and go, you know, they could go to let's say Fleetwood or Clayton Homes or whoever, and they could get a financing program and bring in new or slightly used homes into the park and then once they're on location, sell the home to somebody who might come in and pay forty, fifty thousand dollars for the home, finance it at almost a hundred percent, and move right in. Now that creates a cash flow stream for the operator, of course, as you know and well he was only six months into this whole improvement program his goal was to hit a 12 or 13 million dollar value in three years remember he paid 7.1 for it with three and a half million in cash well lo and behold another operator who had a different strategy of buying and holding stabilized assets offered him some money and we closed on this property right before the end of 2020 10 months into owning it for $15 million, taking the $3.5 million in equity up to, I think, $11.5 million and had a nice 340% IRR on that property. It's hard <laughs> to get those deals these days, but a great operator can do it, right? Not Yeah, not multifamily. That's
1: not happening multifamily. Very rarely will that happen. And without yeah. a whole lot of heartache and headache like for me to do that it would have to be such a big transition in in building stuff and adding stuff Mm -hmm. and so many Mm -hmm. things could go wrong you just took something that is really super simple right you just saw the like this is just it has tired owner written all over it right doesn't understand it as a true business
2: Right? right, and that—that's right. Mm-hmm. That's that's the whole story, right there. You just nailed and you see it.
1: this time and time again.
2: Yeah, there are so so a great acquisition team in the mobile home park space can actually have a a list of deals. I won't say they're all that good because that's an exception to the right. To the I mean, average. this is your cherry that you put on top, but but there's yeah. still.
1: If that's the best, I'll take
2: average at that point. That's my whole point, and that's what we love to invest in. sometimes
1: i get people on my podcast that make me rethink what i'm doing (laughs) oh no i don't want to do that you're so good
2: at what you do corey and i
1: love but i so this is like one of those things where i i always think to myself is there an easier way to the cash and because i am a student i've always been a student and i love multifamily but what you're saying is intriguing the hell out of me right now because I yeah. think that, I, I look at where we're at in the marketplace. And because now, let's talk about the future. Well, how do you see the future? Like, wh- what do you see going on? And l- let's talk about it from the multifamily side, mm-hmm. in your opinion. And then also, what you think about it in, the, um, in your mobile home, yeah. you know, park side. Because I think there's two different <clears throat> versions of what's probably going to go, ha- what's, what's going to
2: happen. You bet. So this could be a long answer. I try to be as succinct as I can. So I love multifamily demographics. First of all, you've got baby boomers, the smallest group of multifamily renters, but the fastest growing. And statistics say when they move from ownership to renting, on average, they'll never go back to ownership again. So you've got the baby boomers, 77 million strong moving in to uh more multifamily. You've got Gen Z, excuse me, you've got millennials moving, they're 80 million strong and they on average like to rent more than own. Why should they be tied down to a 30year contract or uh, for something when they might have new friends, new jobs, new opportunities across town or across the country next year? You've got Gen Z. So far, the indicators are that they want to rent more than buy, and they've got record student debt coming out of school as well. On top of that, you've got immigration. Now, immigration is playing an increasing role in the U.S. economy. Immigrants, on average, decide to rent more than own, and they rent for much, much longer than people who originated in the United States. So multifamily's demographic trends are tremendous. Fannie and Freddie say there have been virtually no large foreclosures in the multifamily space for years. And so it's a great place to be. It's the perfect investment, but The problem is it's not perfect if you have to overpay to get it. And you are in the perfect place, my friend, because Brian Burke and I were talking the other day about the mass of people coming from L.A. and San Francisco to Arizona. Did you know you can rent a U-Haul? I don't have the exact numbers with me, but I think the U-Haul rental from L.A. to Scottsdale is like $2,000, $2,100. But the 26-foot from scottsdale back to la is 279 dollars that's all <laughs> and i think the point is there's a mass migration to arizona and people that were paying three thousand for a one bedroom in la can get what can they get for a third of that for a thousand in scottsdale they can probably get a two-bedroom apartment right
1: yes and and that, that's exactly what's happening inflation is coming and it's real yeah. just because of that because of the migration of people and it's happening across the country, but specifically in the Phoenix market, Dallas market, you know, all the jobs. Just follow the jobs, and right. so it is. It, it is a crazy. It's crazy time.
2: Yeah, it really it, is.
1: It really is. But, so
2: multifamily is awesome.
1: But you're right, Paul. Though that and that is, the, and so here's, that's what I see as well. Um, here's my only caveat too is I still think there was a lot of the buzzword for a good couple years. Is multi, every, every, you know, every single family fix and flip uh, event that I've been to, it's like the badge that everybody wants to wear is well. I'm getting into multis, yeah. and and I what I've seen is a lot of new operators, probably not seasoned, yep. probably they've come into the marketplace and they probably overpaid a little bit and they or they didn't get capitalized enough, and mm. so I think that's the opportunity to not overpay, but you have got to find. Those needles in the haystack, yeah.
2: So because it
1: is, it is. I'm seeing stuff trade 1970s products for five caps, yeah. And I don't s- see how that makes sense, right? Yeah. Financially, I'm just like, how does this work, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. But it's happening all over the town, mm-hmm. and then I go into like what you're saying on the mobile home side. Mm-hmm. That's a different
2: story. You're buying at regular cap rates, right? yeah i mean on the one i just explained to you you might be surprised but we bought it on a trailing cap rate at seven and a half percent which you know that's let's say that's pretty good but we sold it at a 5.8 cap which is not horrible so i guess what i'm saying is the seller uh, the original seller and the new buyer both got reasonable deals. They weren't out of range. It wasn't like it was a 12 cap or a three cap. Right, because it's top. all about the income story, right? So, yes, and then, that's and exactly right. how
1: consistent, what you what you did was made a nice, more consistent income that a new mm-hmm. operator looked at this and said, hey, this is a, a momentum play. All I need, I can come in and assume this, this cash flow and this income and a lot of the other stuff, the infrastructure has been done Right. And I can just ride this thing out. A lot, of, a lot of investors, big money,
2: is looking for a coupon clipper. That's right. right? Well, look, he can, if he could fill those 50 spaces, and I'm not saying he could do it in a year, but let's say it took three years. If he can fill those 50 vacant spaces, he's adding two hundred to 250000 a year to his income. That's net operating income. Well, do the math on that. That's an increase in value of, what, $4 million? Yeah, it's real so money. So he didn't get a terrible deal.
1: Yeah, there was meat left on the bone still, That's and, right. and you were able to make a hefty profit as well, and that's, that's winning, right? right?
2: Yeah, so let me finish my answer by talking about the demographics of mobile home parks. So first yeah. of all, you've got an asset that generally can't be moved. 93% of mobile homes that go on a park pad never leave there until they're hauled away to the dump many decades later. Number two, you've got tenants who are partnering with you because you own the lot, the land, and they own the home. So even with the eviction laws, think about this. The eviction moratorium says they can't pay the three, they don't have to pay the $300 a month, you can't evict them. But if you do, when that eviction moratorium is lifted soon, If you evict them, they're gonna lose their 40 or $50,000 home in the process because chances are if they can't pay 350 a month for lot rent, they're not gonna be able to spend 6,000 to move that mobile home down the road. So these are essentially in-place assets and the people fight to keep them. The average tenant of an apartment stays how long? A year or two, the average tenant of a mobile home park stays at least 13 years and their home stays much, much longer than that. Um, There's an affordable, there's an affordable home crisis, affordable housing crisis in America right now. Here's an example. 10,000 people turn 65 every day, Corey. And yet only four of the 10,000 have $10,000 or more saved for retirement. So six out of 10 have less than $10,000 saved for retirement. You and I are on this podcast to try to help a lot of people make sure they don't end up there. But the point is there's a lot of people there. Well, a lot of them have home equity and that's locked up in a home. They might be willing to trade that home equity for a much cheaper lifestyle in an apartment, Or a mobile home park. And a lot of them are choosing mobile home parks right now as well as apartments. And so that is causing an increase in demand. You'd think there'd be an increase in supply. No, no. NIMBYism, not in my backyardism, says there are no mobile home parks to speak of. I don't see them in the US. Yeah,
1: I don't see them ever created, right? Right. Like,
2: yeah. Not yet.
1: And that's not in
2: my backyard. You're right. It's the one asset class that we know of that has an increasing demand, but a decreasing supply every year. And so that's causing even more excitement. Another thing that's happening is cap rate compression due to institutionals. Blackstone, Samzell, uh, Sun Communities, others are jumping in to mobile home parks. They have been for years. Blackstone just made a big splash in September with a large institutional purchase. But think about this, Corey. You can buy a 500 unit apartment complex. You can't, and, and so let's, what would that cost? Maybe 50 to a hundred million dollars, maybe. Yeah, right. It's very hard to find a mobile home park of that price. And so it's virtually unheard of to write a $50 million check, like institutionals like Blackstone like to do for a mobile home park. So somebody has to take a bunch of small mom and pops, pull them together, make them into a beautiful franchise package and sell them. And that's something people like you and I can do because it's not that hard to buy a hundred unit park and upgrade it and then sell it for a lot more money as we just talked about. So there's all these factors that are coming together. And this is why I love the other white meat, mobile home <laughs> parks. <laughs>
1: I'm sold, where do I get some of that? <laughs>
2: Come on in, man. the water's fine. bring you yeah <laughs> so
1: uh, well and that 's a great transition so because uh, I always like to give the uh why do we do it s- scenario in in my podcast of talking about listen w- when we strive and to make income and wealth and things like that it 's really what do you do for fun factor that I think is the most important because there 's got to be a balance you know if you work, 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 and that 's all you ever do a hustle mm-hmm. and grind. Um, life can get really boring and short. So, Paul, what do you like to do for fun?
0: At Kahuna Investments, we partner with passive investors to create award winning communities families love to call home. If you want to learn more about our company and our process, go to www.kahunainvestments.com and click the deal room.
2: You know, three years ago, I was on the Bigger Pockets podcast and they asked me that question. Corey, I had I was almost speechless because I've worked I've spent 30 years as an entrepreneur and worked far far more than I should have. I'm serious. Yeah, and I I was quite taken aback by it. And of course, I remembered that I had just scheduled a Canadian fishing trip with my son. We've done seven of them, and I said uh, I'd like to go fishing in Canada. Yeah, and that was my answer. But. You know, I gotta tell you, and this is a real serious note for a kind of a fun podcast. I actually am quite concerned about America and about COVID and about all the stuff that's happening to us that's outside of our control right now. And I told my family, I said, you know, if we got something we wanna do in the next five or 10 years, let's just do it this year, come on. So I bought a Yamaha 250 dirt bike the other day and my wife was surprised when I showed up with it. I actually just went to look at it, but I brought it home and uh from a neighboring state they're hard to get right now you yeah. can't even get a new one or a used one hardly but uh, i got a dirt bike my uh i'm talking about we're doing some jeeping my son bought a cabin in the blue ridge mountains and he's buying a four-wheeler we're going to do some of that uh so we're looking to do some stuff like that and kind of bring the future into 2021 how about you man it's the
1: same listen i'm everybody knows if you, i'm an avid jeep guy like i'm I'm nuts about Jeeps and going rock crawling and um, so and the here's what I've learned is to get your family involved find something that you kind of like to do and uh, and put some resources behind it so my daughter has a Jeep I have a jeep I'm at my son's turning 16 um, in six months he just got his permit right Wow I'm giving them my jeep so I, and they gave me a really good excuse Paul to go buy another one. Nice. Right? So now I've got three Jeeps. I've got a car lot of, I, like, I'm the Jeep dealership. But what we found is that we love doing that together because it's kind of like going exploring. And so we just, we've learned to, I've learned, and th- and this was hard because I'm a lot like you, Paul. I am a go get it. When I get focused, yeah. move out of the way, I got blinders on. And yeah. it, it has been a real um, journey to learn how to take the blinders off. Mm-hmm. and look around and smell the roses. And yeah. I've found that my, my wife really likes it when I do it and my kids love it. And so I've just challenged myself now to say, every year before we start, I plan all my family stuff, my vacations, and, and, and then I put my business on top and it's nice. gotta fit in the cracks. That's great. That's how we do it, man. That's good stuff.
2: Are you, you're in you're in that uh, collective genius, right? They they talk about that kind of stuff, don't they? Yeah, they do. They do. And actually, I just I left that group about two years ago.
1: Great group, by the way. Great group. Yeah. Um, all those any any of those think tanks are good, right? But yeah. I found that I've gravitated more as I've you know I'm 47 now, and I've just found that if the groups that I belong to now, they all talk this same uh, theory is. Yeah. Don't forget to smell the roses along. Build right. your ideal life as you go, not when you get there. Right. And, um, and, and it's hard to do, but it just mm-hmm. takes discipline. Like anything else we've ever done in our lives, once you get disciplined to the structure and then right. you follow the rules, uh, good things seem to always come out of that. Yeah. And, and new friendships and people are like, listen, Paul, you got, a, you got a motorcycle, uh, you know, you're going to, I'm telling you right now, I already know it. You're going to come to Phoenix because everybody comes to Phoenix and then you're going to call me up and we're going to get on a Jeep and we're going to go exploring and go do some cool rock stuff.
2: That is awesome. Well, so one of my best friends just moved from Colorado to uh, Phoenix. In fact, he might run for governor of Colorado in a couple of years. And so you'll definitely be seeing me there. There
1: you go. Rock and roll. Listen, guys, Paul, I want to thank you uh, for coming on the podcast. If people want to learn more about where to find you and what you guys do and what your company does, where do they go?
2: They can find me on BiggerPockets, but they can also find me at my company's website, wellingscapital.com. We've got some fun uh, materials on like getting started in mobile home park investing, for example. And uh, yeah, it's w-e-l-l-i-n-g-s, capital.com. Cool, I
1: might have to go to that website right now and check it out. All right, buddy. (laughs) Hey guys, listen, uh, if you enjoy this type of content, listen, you are in the right spot. Um, You know, people like Paul will help guide you and mentor you, give you nuggets and clues on how to get it. But before you start any of that, what matters more importantly is what you think and believe. Guys, if you believe it, you can achieve it and your paradise is possible.